welcome to this podcast again, the Launching Academy. And this podcast is made for course creators and coaches that work online to help them navigate into this world of growing their business and with many questions and, and challenges that we face every day. And today we have Haley Forbes. She's going to introduce herself very, very soon. And she's just like, wow. When I heard her story and what she's been doing and everything that she does, I, I was like, I need to interview her. So thank you so much for joining us, Hayley. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and to chat to you today as well. Oh, thank you. So tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Who are you outside your business as well? Yeah, so I'm a business and money coach. So I predominantly help other women coaches and entrepreneurs in their business. So I've run my own businesses for about 12 years. I've worked in social media for about five. And then a couple of years ago, I started training. I started getting into the personal development world. I trained as a coach. I'm now trained in, I think, like five different coaching modalities, which is amazing. And then essentially, I just brung all of that together. So the business, the social media, and then all the coaching. And that's what you see today. So I've got my business and money coaching side of things where I help people in their business. And then I also train coaches as well in my own um, neurogetics modality. So I certify coaches. And then outside of business, I am a mum to four amazing kiddies. So I home educate them. And if you can't tell by my accent, I'm from Scotland. Um, so yeah, that's a very quick roundup of who I am, what I do. And yeah, home life as well always keeps me busy. So I actually want to start here with your home life. Because I one of the things that I hear a lot with my clients or um, even if they are either my mentoring clients or the clients that we do the full agent service is, oh, I don't have time or I'm too busy. And then I come across you, which you have four kids, you're growing your business, um, you homeschool your children. So tell us about that, about your routine. How do you manage everything? What is your secret? So I think for me, the secret is definitely just letting it flow. So I used to be someone who would strive for work-life balance. And then I was like, well, that's a load of rubbish because it doesn't exist, right? There's always something that's out of balance, like, and that's okay. And I think as women, especially, we can get made to feel bad for like you always have to have this balance of work life and mum life and being a woman and a partner and a friend and a daughter and all these things. And actually sometimes work's going to take more commitment from you. And sometimes it's going to be your family life and sometimes it's yourself. So I really started striving for and I've achieved this like work-life integration. And it's this kind of like, flow and it comes from me home educating the kids like we home educate kids without routines and all this like society says we have to be monday to friday nine to five so i brought that really into my business and for example i don't start working until 11 30 a.m in the morning and that's because mornings are so sacred for me and for my kids and then i'll be working but i don't have these set hours i have set call times with clients but sometimes i'll be working a bit in the morning and then i'm playing with the kids in the afternoon i'll do some more work in the evening some days if it's just admin work i'll decide to take the whole day off 
be with the kids and then work into the night. And it's not from this place of like having to do, it's that we get to create. Like there's not this, for me, I found myself, I started slipping back into this. Well, I should work Monday to Friday, nine till five. I should be off every weekend. And one thing right away, I questioned myself because we, as a home educating family, we can go anywhere on any day of the week. So I was like, why are we trying to go places at the weekend where everywhere's really busy? It's really stressful. Like I was like, I hate this. My childish children have autism. Like they hate it. My husband hates it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to work a Sunday and I'm going to make Sundays my admin day and I'm going to have Mondays off. So Mondays are my always my family day. And just realizing I get to pick the hours and there's not, there's not a badge for who works the less or, well, I get every weekend off. If you want weekends off, take them off. But if you want Monday and Tuesday off, take it off. Like it just all flows. And for me, I'm always a mum. I'm always an entrepreneur and I'm always me. So trying to separate those things is often, that's where you come to burnout. That's where you come to trying to juggle everything. Whereas when you realize it's just, it all gets to flow together. And it means sometimes I'm out at like a theme park with my kids and I'm inspired and launch an offer. And I just go on my Instagram stories for like two minutes. And I'm like, I've been really inspired to put this offer out there. So here's the prize. Who wants in? My phone goes away later on that night. I come back on and people have like been like, I want in, I want in. Well, I've been living my time with my family. So again, it's just realizing that we get to have boundaries in our life and business, but we also get to have flow in our life and business. Seriously, I'm getting goosebumps because I love the way you started your your sentence. You know, this BS of work-life balance. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think because we have similar lifestyles, I also home educate my children. And I see that, well, some days I'm going to work until late and some days I'm not going to work because I don't feel like, or some days I'm going to do this. And it's it's getting into this space of flow. Do you think that you said this before, this is why people feel so overwhelmed, right? Yeah, 100%. I think it's because they, they're still trying to fit into other people's expectations of what that should look like. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just unrealistic. Like we put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. And it's something like I know we're not speaking about parent and, and things just now, but often like I hear a lot of women entrepreneurs who are mums have a lot of mum guilt. And I'm like, yeah, but we put that on ourselves and other other women as well by holding up these unrealistic expectations that we don't have to strive for. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to be the one that does it this way, like in our house, because we do home educate, there's no rush in the morning, like get up and everybody needs to get ready now. And everybody has to eat breakfast right now. Hurry up and brush your teeth. Like to me, that's so stressful. Like that's where a lot of the burnout, the hassle, you start your mornings already feeling like you're trying to catch up. Mm. Whereas for me, it's like, we get to relax. This gets to be our life. Every call that I've got booked in is a choice. I Everything we do as a family, we do it through empowered choices, not because we have to. And were you always like this or there was a time in your life that the shift happened? Yeah, so I wasn't, all, I've always been different. I've always been different. I 
um, had kids quite young. Well, I was 22 when I had my first son, but we were trying for him for about 18 months and I wanted a home birth. Now, no one around me had ever had a home birth, but I was like, I want to have a home birth. And we've always, I've always strived for more. I've always known a different life was out there, but I had no idea what it looked like. And yeah, very much we lived in an area in Scotland where we lived, we moved there because I had the best schools. So we very much played into, um, I was actually teaching at college at a time. So I was a lecturer. My kids went to nursery school and it was very much this, this lifestyle that I thought I used to want. I used to think my perfect life was like this four bedroom house, two cars in the drive, two holidays away a week, like a year, um, friends around the, the weekends. But actually, that's really stifling. And the moment for me was I was taking my son to school, my eldest son. So he was about five at the time. And he's he's got classic autism. And he'd started withdrawing into himself at school. And then he said to me when I was taking him to school one day, he says, Mummy, do I have to go to school? And I said, yeah. And he went, why? I says, I'm not sure, actually. And he says, well, could I not go to school? And I was like, well, I don't know, but I'll look into it for you. And I dropped him off at school that day and I went home and I spent a whole day researching and I picked him up and I said, you don't have to go to school anymore if you don't want to. So let's take this conversation. And so that happened at the same time, I was hating my job as a lecturer. I'd only been working there a few months. I'd been self-employed the whole rest of my life up until now. But I'd got this job because I was like, a lecturer job's amazing. I'll have summers off with my kids. Again, quote unquote, perfect life. And I felt like so stifled. I was having to work my son's birthday. I'd never had to work my children's birthdays before. And at the time as well, I fell pregnant with my youngest. Now, my third son was only seven months old at the time. So falling pregnant again, removing my eldest out of school, wanting to stop this job. I was just like, something has to change. Something has to change. And I said to my husband, right, give us a year. Let's travel. We gave up our house. We went traveling. Like, let's just go and have fun and try and work out what we want to do. And then it was from then. And when we were traveling, I really got into the self-development. And then when we came back, COVID sort of hit. And that's when I went into everything a lot more. But yeah, it was, I'd say it was always there to live differently. Yeah. But society's conditioning was very much overshadowing that. And it took just that one conversation with my son to be like, actually no let's look what are the options we don't have to do things just because other people do it that way we get to research we get to ask questions well why why is that the reason and is there another way and you told me before we jumped in in this podcast that you work with money uh, mindset and all of these aspects and I think this is so important because I'm a marketing strategist I work with clients that are they they are now achieving two million per month, 300,000, 400,000. But, but some clients that are just starting, I feel that although they have all the strategies, everything that is necessary to grow, there's still something that, you know, that they cannot push the roof a little bit further. So that's why I was so interested to understand what is your point of view in this aspect? What do people need to pay attention when, when dealing with this money barriers and this money mindset? Can you tell us a little bit more about this? 
Yeah, so everything, business, um, money mindset, uh, even marketing at all, like I always say it's it's three things. It's the strategy, it's the mindset, but it's also the energetics. So it has to go a level deeper and you have to be aligned with that. And there's, we can have all the strategy. We do, right? We can pay people to learn a strategy. If you really wanted to invest your time, you could learn all the strategies for free just using the internet. Every strategy is available to learn out there, yet not everybody in the world is millionaires, right? So we know it's not just the strategy. If it was only the strategy, then we'd all be millionaires. Yes. But then you've got people as well who are so in the, the feminine, they're really intuitive, their mindset's on point, but they're not making the money they could do either. So it's like the mix of it all. And for me, it's all it's always came back to like a decision. You have to decide that you get to call it in and it gets to be a non-negotiable in your life that you're going to be successful. And when you make that commitment, and you do the work in the background, the mindset, the energetics, the strategy, it all compounds and successes and like it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I speak a lot about manifestation and I've done a lot of work with that, with myself and with my clients. My family actually joke because they're like, Haley, watch what you say because anything I say comes true. <laughs> they're, they're like, be careful with your words, Haley, because you can manifest anything. So I teach a lot about that. But what I've been teaching and working with my clients a lot lately is the next level. So I feel like there's like the level where most people are at. And then when they start doing this work, they go into the next level, which is manifesting and believing. And that work is needed, right? But I think there's a higher level and it's deciding and knowing. So rather than how can I manifest this, how can you decide that this has already happened and it's already on its way to you? And then rather than believing, how can you know this is already my reality and the actions that I take every single day compound to help get me towards that reality that is already coming to me? And I feel like it's it's that level that majorly shifts the people. So you've got the bottom level where maybe people are struggling. They go into manifesting and believing and it helps them level up a bit. But the quantum leap where people really collapse time is when it comes into that decision, that deciding and that knowing. And that in your body and embodying that every day is what I see every majorly successful person in this kind of field. That's what they do. I totally agree. And it's so interesting that you said that because sometimes, you know, I'm meditating or I'm doing something and then I think, all right, so how can I truly believe that this is coming? How can I truly believe that this is going to happen? And it's so interesting that you're touching on that. Yeah. And it is, it's just shifting that from believing it and truly, because what truly believing it means by definition is knowing, right? When you truly believe something, it then becomes, you know that. But the word believe sometimes, I think, still tells our brain sometimes that we need to believe it. And mm-hmm. why do we need to believe it? Because right now we're not believing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you just shift even that one word from I'm believing this to I know this is a reality and it's already on its way to me. It's a subtle shift, but it makes such a huge difference. I know that there are several reasons why people try and try and try and, and they cannot succeed or grow but if you could 
think about like three or maybe four main reasons that you see from your clients and the experiences that you had before, what would these reasons be? So I'd say, yeah, it's, it's definitely the commitment, committing to making it happen. There will always be a way. There will always be a way. Like there's some people that say I've tried everything and I'm like, well, that's a lie <laughs> because you can't possibly try everything. And it's not about judging yourself or judging others. But when you, I always say where there's a will, there's a way. There's always a way. And if you can't see that right now, it's not that there's not a way, it's just you can't see that. But if you keep an open mind to there is a way and I am working on being ready and open to see that way and then take action on that. So it's that commitment to this is going to work because I'm going to make it work. And then the next one, so it's linked and I'll come back to how it's linked in a minute, but it's investing in yourself. I, there's like a running joke, even between my coaches just now, how many coaches I have. It's ridiculous. I've got, I'm in multiple masterminds. I've got multiple coaches. I've got coaches for different things, energetics, manifestation, mindset, business, but for me, I, I love being able to tap into that support. And for my clients, it means that I get to give them who maybe can't afford to have multiple coaches. If they hire me, they get all that information in one, which is amazing. So it's always investing in yourself from a place of where you want to be, not where you are. Like I invested in my first 5K when I was making zero, my first 15K when I was making 5K, my first 100K when I was sitting at 30k so it's always investing in where you want to be rather than where you want to go but this is where it links to the first point it's not investing to get a result I have never invested from a place of this has to work even when it had to even when I took out extended payment plans on my mum's credit card to work with someone it was still never I need this coach to save me. I've always went into every container knowing I'm going to get a ROI, so a return on investment, because I'm going to get the ROI. Mm. It's not about trusting my coach, it's trusting myself to get the best out of this container. So when you go and invest in yourself from a place of, I trust I'm going to learn what I need to and take the actions I need to, to make the return on investment in this, then it's always going to work. Because again, it comes back to the first point of being committed no matter what and doing what it takes no matter what. And take and that then, the ownership of that, that program, taking back yeah. the ownership of whatever we are doing. Yeah, exactly. And when it's on you, you show up like, and I guess, so that's, that's like the third point then is radical responsibility. Mm. Like it, it's all on me always. If it works, it's on me. And if it doesn't work, it's on me. Even if I could blame other people, you can't because as you said, as soon as you blame others, it goes out with yourself. I've invested a lot of money in things that on paper, they weren't the best, right? They weren't the best. Do I regret it? No, because I took what I needed to from that and could move forward powerfully. Did I keep on investing in it when it didn't make sense? No, I stopped investing because I could see that didn't make sense. But it's always radical responsibility because you can't change. So I've got an affirmation that I, I write or I say every single day. And it's the first one of the day. And it's I choose to be happy and love myself today. Happiness is a choice. Loving yourself is a choice. Trusting yourself is a choice. 
this last year has been filled with a lot of grief for me. It's been my worst year of my life as well as my best. And I can't control what happens. I can't control life, but what I can control is how I show up. How am I going to choose to show up? How am I going to choose to honor myself? And the same goes with your business. When you have radical responsibility, and I see in my clients, one of my one-to-one clients, we were like celebrating voice notes to each other last night on Voxer because she stepped into a next level of ownership. She was like, Haley, I've been playing victim to these unaligned clients. She decided to cut contracts with them, step into this higher level. She's been attracting even better new aligned clients. But before she was in, they're not honoring my boundaries. This doesn't feel good. And we had some real honest, but loving chats around people can't break your boundaries. You are the one that let people break your boundaries. The same in business, business life. When you have radical responsibility, things shift. Every single thing in your life is a choice. Things happen, and I'm not someone who believes that things happen for a reason. Again, I think that's a load of BS. I think that bad things just happen. Sometimes really horrible things happen in life, and there's no reason for it happening. But we can take a learning from it. We can take learning and we can choose how we want to embrace this learning and move on with our life. Exactly. So I think, yeah, that would be the third thing. And then fourth thing would be, actually, yeah, we'll do five things. So fourth thing would then be messy aligned action. Like you can't wait till it's perfect. If you wait till it's perfect, it's going to be too late. It's just, yeah, taking that messy aligned action, putting yourself out there. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. It's this... Like I've got a, a quote that I say quite a lot on my, my Instagram and apologies in advance for Sweden, but it's fuck fear and do it anyway. Like feel it, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like it's not about, we can always work on regulating our nervous system, work on our mindset. We can always try and not be scared. But if you're going out your comfort zone, it's going to be scary. So stop trying to make it feel comfortable, feel the fear and do it anyway. Big, messy aligned action I love it yeah so good and then the fifth one would be just have fun like your business isn't supposed to be hard and that's not to say there's not hard work or there's like I work I work probably every single day because I love to post on my social media every day it doesn't mean I'm doing calls every day but for me I'm always creating as I say I'm always an entrepreneur so Mm -hmm. how can I fun with that how can I make it feel light and make it feel easy so it's not that and I think people get this mixed up especially I'm a projector in human design and what I see with a lot of projectors is they're like well I don't have as much energy so I'm not meant to work as much and I'm like well that's not true it means that the work you do as a projector like like maybe calls with people where you're giving a lot of your energy do less of that but in the background you should be honing your skills you should be mastering them so my work is also lying in bed in my jammies like watching the next training like always up in my learning so for me it's always how can I continue to learn how can I continue to grow but how can I do this so that it feels fun so that it feels light and so it feels easy it's not about not working. It's about making your work not feel hard, making it feel easy. And again, we go back to the first thing we were talking about, which is the patterns and the what 
what the little boxes that people try to put us in and work to work you have to sit down in your office and then in front of your computer and if you're not doing that it means they're not working and sometimes i'm in my bed working like lying down well, i'm in my bed right now right i've got yeah. i've got two offices i've got an office in the garden and i've got an office down the stairs in the house and i'm sitting in my bed right now because that's where like i'm comfy and i'm like this is where i wanted this call today and like we get to do that yeah, no, I love that. So we were talking about ownership and we also talked about the fact that I love this. I, I really love that that you mentioned that because I agree a hundred percent. I've been to hundreds of coaches. I have certifications in everything you can possibly imagine. Some of them were good. Some of them I was like, hmm, not really, but I always learned something from that. So and you said, even when I had to pay more for a longer time with my mother's credit card, in that period, how did you deal with that? What was the feeling around that? And how did you, you know, move forward? Yeah. So for me at that time, I had a conversation with my husband. And because um, I'm the, the one that brings in the sole income into our house. And I said to him, the month before I started my business, I said to him, I says, I want to do this. Like if I'm doing this, I'm doing it and it's going to work. I don't want to be juggling two different kinds of work at once. So I want to go full in. I says, I need you to give me a year. I need you and the kids to give me a year to prove this can work. I says, give me a year. I'll do what it takes. Even if it means like 17 hours a day, like I will do what it takes. Trust me, give me a year. We won't be able to spend a lot as a family. We like you might not see me as much. We might not do holidays and things this year. That ended up still getting to happen, but that was the commitment level I was committed to. I said, give me a year. My first month in business was over six and a half K and my first ever month in business. But I had to, I was like, this is a non-negotiable. This is my family's life. Like this is a, like, I have to do this. So then two months later, when I invested like $15,000, and had to ask the coach. It was a six month payment plan. And I was like, I can't do that. I says, could you give me a 12 month payment plan? I says, I still can't even do that. I don't know if I can guarantee to do that, but that number feels like I can do what it takes. Like I, I'm a special effects makeup artist. That's what I trained in before I came into this industry. And I was like, if I had to go back to my old job and make money, I know I could do something to make it happen, right? There's there's always ways. Um, and it's so funny, on my retreat last week, actually, one of the, the women there, she works in, in finance and she was saying this, that a lot of people don't realize they've got other options. And I'm not saying everybody has to go back to their old jobs or sell things, but a lot of people get into lack where they own their house and they own cars and they've got pensions and they've got investments. And it's not saying go and take from these, but when you realize you're not in a lack, like as a society, like we, the money that we live off, like we're not in lack. Like if you've got a house over your head, if you've got food in your fridge, if you are healthy, if your family's healthy, you're not in lack, you're in abundance. So money gets to just be a tool and the same with debt, like credit cards and things. Like for me, I was like, this is a tool that allows me to get what I want to have faster. Mm. It's not bad. Again, as society, we're like, debt's bad. But then society tells us only certain debt is bad. So they're like, if you buy a house and get a mortgage, that's good, but it's still debt. If you want to put a training course on a credit card, oh, that's bad, but it's still debt. 
Like, but that's because society said, well, this kind of debt's good and this kind of debt's bad. So for me, I just really was neutral about it doesn't matter. I'm just borrowing this money. It's just a tool. I will pay it off because I know that when I'm committed to doing something, I'll find a way. There's always ways to make it happen. And then I believe because when I went into that investment with that mind, there was no lack. And when there's no lack, there's no lack to attract. When you come from a place of abundance, you attract abundance. And that's where I see a lot of people go into investments wrong. If they invest in coaches or marketing or whatever it is in their business, if they go in with, this has to work, this has to work. It's my last chance. You have to make this work. This like, if you don't make this work for me, then I won't be able to pay you. Like that's lack, lack, lack before you even start. But it's when you go in with, this is a stretch, but this is exciting. This is a tool. Like how exciting is this? I get to expand and I trust that it's going to work because I'm going to make it work. I noticed something while you were talking that you have this strong belief in it's I'm going to make it work, right? But what about people that don't have that yet? How do they get there? How do they increase their self-belief to get to this stage? And this is something that I speak about a lot. And it took me quite a few years to get to this point because I grew up in what would be classed as like poverty. I've been through the homeless systems at times in my life. I've got a chronic health condition. So I'd be told, like I was told I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I was 50. I was very much could have played a victim to life. Whereas now I'm like, how grateful am I? that I got to have these experiences because the resiliency in me has got me to this place now where my self-belief from a young age, I proved to myself that I, if I want things, I can get it because there was no one else giving it to me. If I wanted things, like I got a job from when I was like eight years old because that's the only way that I'd be able to get things that I liked. So how, like that's such a gift and I understand not, Everybody has that gift. Either they've been in similar circumstances and they've not managed to get to the point of being grateful for that yet, which is totally understandable, or they've not. Someone once said to me once about money mindset, do you think it's harder for people who grew up in poverty to develop a positive money mindset? And I was like, no, not any harder than it is for um, the average like person. Every great leader. Now, I understand that people born into poverty are met with harder conditions, right? The fact that I am white and I'm born in the UK already makes me born privileged. And I am not a stranger to that fact. That's just true. Um, There's different levels of poverty. There's different levels of things that people are born into. There's different struggles. And I understand that. But you look at like the greats in our industry, And all of them come from a a tough upbringing. And that's because of that resiliency. Now, you don't need that struggle, but sometimes it is harder. And you get people that are born into affluence and they're born into great connections, great money to support them. Again, that doesn't mean to say that they're going to do good or bad, but you just start to notice these different patterns. The people that I find struggle the most based on experience of working with clients is the people that were born into okayness their parents owned their home both parents and their family worked they had one or two holidays a year they had one or two cars they weren't well off but they didn't struggle either 
Mm. And these people don't know either side. They don't know what it is to be rich, but they also don't know what it is to be poor. So they fear. They're stuck in such scarcity of breaking out. And I find that that's actually the people that have that belief of the lack of confidence, the lack of self-belief, the lack of investing in themselves because they're so scared to lose what they have. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me... They are in the in, the, in between, in, in the comfort yeah. zone there. Yeah, they've not been shown it. They've not lived it as a reality and they've not had the struggle to be like, I was okay in the struggle. Like mm-hmm. for me, there was a point where me and my husband, um, when we were first together, we lived in a tent at one point. <laughs> like... There's, we, we done that and we, and there's like this running joke in our family. We would never go back to that, obviously, but there is when my husband's like, well, if it all goes to like, if it all goes to pop, we'll get a tent and we'll go and live somewhere. And we know actually as a family, we'd be okay. Like you're, you're not going to die. What I sometimes do with clients is I take them through the worst case scenario because that's where the fear, the lack of confidence and all of that comes out. And I'm like, well, what do you think is going to happen? You invest in yourself and it doesn't work out. Okay, so then what? Or you leave your job, you start your business, it doesn't work out. Then what? Okay, I don't have enough money. Then what happens? A lot of the time it's just they have to go back to a job or they have to ask for support somewhere else. The worst case scenario was would be they're going to lose their house. They're going to have absolutely no money. They're going to be out in the streets. They're going to starve to death. That's not going to happen because nobody is going to let that happen. Nobody in this world who's sitting on a laptop or an iPhone with internet inquiring about investing in a course that's thousands of pounds, they're not the people that are that actually have this real risk of starving to death. But so when you take that back to the core fear of human beings as being left alone or dying, mm. then that's where every, all the not enoughness, being scared, that all comes from. And I'm like, you something and you will kick in before it gets to that point. So when you know, just because you're someone that has lived the life that you've lived already, you're not going to let it get to that point. You would do something before it got to that. When you know the worst case scenario isn't going to happen, that's when you can start to normalize it in your nervous system, be okay with, okay, the worst case scenario is not actually the worst case so far. Like all it is, is I might have to get a side job or I might have to take out another credit card or I might have to ask for support in my life from family, which often we don't do, right? We're just going to do this alone. And when you get to that and realize that, then you're like, okay, this is doable. And something shifts. And it's that shift that then makes the failure, the quote unquote failure, if you want to call it that, so much less likely to happen anyway because by that point something shifted and I love the part that well just to tell you a little bit I'm amazed here um when I had my I had my daughter when I was 22 okay my first one and we lived in a garage room of a in New Zealand I'm from Brazil um only a single bed for us three and we we say the same thing here like you know, it was all good. It was we only ate carrots for a while with a little bit of pasta and some some greens from the garden. You know, from the street, the super super greens. I don't remember the name. And it's all good. So I love that you when you bring this the back to the core of the fear, we see how it's all okay. And you can still be happy without the things that you tell yourself give you happiness just now. Like it's not like I 
for me, I remember when we're we're so blessed where we live now. We've got a massive um like we've got a really big house, massive garden. We've got trees in our garden. You can go walking in the trees. We've got horses behind us. It's amazing. And I remember sitting looking out at the kids playing and having this feeling of just gratitude of this is my life. This is incredible. But what was even more special is I remember feeling that way when we were in our garden in a three bedroom flat and it was a shared garden sitting outside watching the kids play. And I was like, feeling doesn't change. It's not the house. It's not the garden. It's not the things. Those can enhance it. But seeing my children play and be happy, like that gives me goosebumps. That was the feeling. That and when you know you can still be happy with less, you know you don't need the more. The more gets to enhance it. But you can still be happy. Like that's... And I think actually that's a point I missed out earlier. You're saying like what, like with myself or my clients have been successful, it's gratitude. It's yeah. gratitude always. Being grateful for what you've got right now, but knowing that you deserve and you can desire more and that more is always on its way to you. It's not bad to want more. It's good to want mm. more. That's grow. But being so grateful. I'm so grateful for like a client I'll sign up and it'll be like a $25,000 client. And I'm like, this is amazing. And someone signs up who I have no idea who they are into my free program. And I'm like, someone that I don't even know has found me and signed up to my free masterclass. Like both lights me up. There's not one better than another. And it's tuning into gratitude for every single moment. You also said something of the non-negotiables because I see this a lot in here well, if I need to close three clients this week, or if I want to close, this is my goal, I'm going to do it. But sometimes I see people putting a lot of to- things in their to-do list, which won't take, won't be the what they really need or what they really want to have the outcome that they desire. So how do you prioritize exactly what you have to do or what you want to do to get to the next level? Yeah, so I just always look at like what are my non-negotiables. But I done this um in in my mastermind lately, and some of the women were still what they were saying was their non-negotiables. And I reflected back, and I was like, well, here's my view on it. it a lot of this stuff still weren't, and so we're always having these reframes in my world as well, because so many people spend eighty percent of their time doing things that get them twenty percent of their result. And wonder why they're burnt out, they're tired and not seeing results. Whereas when you can spend 20% of your time doing the things that get you 80% of the results, even if you then decide not to, you're too tired, things happen in your life and you can't do the rest, you still got 80% of your results. Mm -hmm. So it's always looking like what's non-negotiable. So for me, it's the way that my business runs is social media. Social media to me is Mm non-negotiable. I built up my whole business on social media. So Posting on Instagram daily is not something that I have to do. It's something I get to do. Like what a world we get to live in. Like this used to, we used to have to go around doors and like chap on people's doors or do infomercials. Like we get to have access to the whole world for free. Like we get to do that. So I will always play in that like gratitude vibe for social media, but it's a non-negotiable. It's not even a thing I think about. And then the next is promote or sell daily. Like I'm a business, of course. And again, this is why so many people are like, well, I don't really like to sell every day because it comes across too salesy. 
And I'm like, can you imagine if you went to your local shop? So it's like, oh, I want to get some fresh bread today. I'm just going to go down to my local shop and the bread aisle's empty. And you're like, why is there no bread? And like, I sold bread yesterday and the day before, and it just felt a bit icky. I thought you wouldn't want me selling bread again today. Like, it's ridiculous. We're a business. So people should expect us to promote or sell every single day. Like that's what businesses do. But so many people get caught in their head, especially around social media, because they think they're looking at social media as a personal tool and not a business tool. Mm-hmm. This is separate. You have to separate it. So for me, it's it's showing up on social media daily. It's promoting my offers or selling my offers daily. It's doing the work that I'm contracted in to do with my clients to stay in integrity, answering their emails, showing up for calls. And then it's also my learning, like my learning and developing myself every day is non-negotiable. But even those things start to get a little bit, it's it's shown up in selling and in doing your actual offers. Whereas one of my clients recently, she was like, um, okay, so my non-negotiables are, I'm going to think about and start planning out this thing and I'm going to do a cost analysis and see if it's possible. Then I'm going to write down different companies that I could phone and then I'm going to do some market research. And these were all her non-negotiables. And I was like, none of that is you marketing. None of that is you selling. All of this is I'm going to plan to plan to plan to market research to plan. Like that's amazing. And that can be an important part of business, but you're not taking any action there. Like, so let's put in what's the non-negotiables. And I think like to come back to the start of the chat, when you were saying like about, I do a lot, I think I do a lot because I, I do a lot. And like, and I know that doesn't really make sense, but because I do so much, I've got dates in my diary that things have to happen. So when I've got a retreat and I leave myself one day to plan it, it doesn't take me three months to plan because I've only got space in my diary for one day to plan it. And it gets to be amazing. So like for me, I don't procrastinate because I don't have time to procrastinate Mm -hmm. because when I'm not working, I want to be spending it with my kids. So I don't sit on something for months and months and months. I think the best, the best market research is put your offer out there and see how it does. Get in some clients to test it. Like, totally. Yeah. totally. It's never going to be perfect. I see this. We had a client in October. No, sorry. He arrived in September, I think. 10,000 per month. Try, try, try. And this and that copy and do a webinar, another webinar, another workshop and another workshop. November, 1 million. It was trying, trying, trying so much, you know. I agree 100%. If you don't put it out there, you're not going to have the real feedback. And if you don't have the real feedback, you don't know your avatar. You don't know your research. You don't 100%. And it's the same in every part of business and life as well. And it's something that it's amazing that the world is starting to get opened up to personal development more. It's mm-hmm. amazing that there's this new feminine surge coming in. I'm very feminine focused in my business. But it's also starting to trip so many people up. The amount of people that have come across personal development and they're like, I can't move forward with my business yet because I've got a block. I'm like, well, you can still move forward and you can still heal your block at the same time. Like it's becoming like this toxic procrastination of validate me here right now because I need to heal. And you get to do that and still make loads of money. Like it's not an 
and and like this or that is you get and and I get so many people stepping so into their feminine but you can't be in your feminine if you're out of integrity with your masculine actions Mm -hmm. you can sit and be the most intuitive person in the world but if you don't share that you don't take actions you don't put offers out there you're not going to make any money in your business and you're actually doing a disservice to your feminine there's all every even people who are like how do I get out of overwhelm or procrastination or self-doubt and I'm like well here's the mindset practices do this, do this, do this. Here's the energetic practices. And then guess what? You just have to go and do the goddamn thing. <laughs> like go do it. Because see, after you do it, you'll feel less overwhelmed. You'll feel more confident. You'll feel less self-doubt. So yes, we always play over here. And like with my clients, they're always like, Haley, you know what I need at any time. Sometimes they need held and sometimes they need to, right, okay, you've done that now. Go and do the thing. Go and have your little hissy fit. Go and have your stop go take a bath fill up your soul do all your affirmations and then just go do the thing yeah exactly I love that I'm loving it I could have you here for three hours so I'm gonna right here. <laughs> okay so um for people that are listening to this podcast or they are going to listen to this podcast what are the things that you know you can say okay this you have to do to grow your business. This is what you have to do. Yes. So if if you want to grow your business, so let's let's dive into the strategy a little bit because I've not really shared that. So if you want to grow your business, um work on your brand first. Work on your brand. Who are you? Who are your business and get known. Get yourself known. Get a social media presence, get an online presence, start giving value. Value first always don't just pop out of nowhere and start selling build your brand provide value to people get known for being the go-to expert that you are mm-hmm. then promote and sell daily while still giving a ton of value and start working on building a varied product suite so freebies low-cost offers mid high-cost offers always have that client journey and then stay integrity with what you offer. Never get so caught up in trying to offer the next thing that it disturbs your client experience. Your clients are like, they should be lifetime clients. Like I've got clients that have worked with me for a year already and they've recontracted until January, 2024 with me. Like when you support your clients, they'll be your best testimonials, your best referrals, but you'll learn and grow with them as well. So the best thing yeah, for growing a business, apart from all the things I said already, messy action, um, be committed, invest in yourself, all of that, but also personal brand, put yourself out there daily, deliver results, build a product suite. And then the most important thing, live what you teach. Live what you teach. Embody being the best version of you every single day because people will calibrate to your energy when they can feel. If you want clients to invest, invest and move yourself. If you want big action taking clients, be a big action taker person. If you want your clients to live their best life, live your best life first. Live what you teach and people will feel that and see that. Now, to finish this podcast, I have two more questions. Question number one, once the person that is listening to this podcast turns this off, what should this person do? What is your recommendation? One thing. Ask yourself, what's one action I could take right now that would take me a step closer towards my goal? Perfect. Second question, where can people find you? 
Yeah. So actually, just to finish up on the last question and then go and do the action, <laughs> like what we've been saying yeah. in this whole podcast, don't just ask yourself and get an answer. Ask yourself, what's the next step? And then actually go and take the, the next step. And the best place to find me is uh, on Instagram, Hayley Forbes Coaching. So I'm also on Facebook. I've got a TikTok. I've got a website. But Instagram is my home. It's my baby. It's where I run my whole business. If you DM me on Instagram, you're always going to get me. I'm always answering my own DMs. It's where I spend all my time. It's where you will get a ton of value for free. See all my latest offers, pre-sales, see me living my life, teaching, giving lots of value. So yeah, the best place is in the DMs on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much. I love this podcast. Seriously. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> thank you. And thank you so much for everyone that is listening to this podcast. Take your moment to reflect, write your action and go do it. I love that. <laughs> thank amazing. you. Thank you.